ah, I've just fucking give myself electric shock off this mo- this microphone. There's something dodgy about this. I don't know where I got it from. Probably somewhere in China. Or... Jesus. Electric shocks. They're nasty, aren't they? No fun. Anyway. Buongiorno and welcome to the My Way Thinking podcast hosted by me, Ali Greeno, here live from the Man Cave every week. And now today I'm speaking to Jack Street. Jack has been on the show before. Uh, Jack runs Demographic. Car UK, I think I've got that right. If I'm no doubt, it will tell me. Uh, and we always talk about relevant subjects. He's always got lots on his mind. And he wants to have a good old chin wag. So I love having Jack on. You're going to love this episode. Now remember, there's only four rules on the More Way of Thinking podcast. One is no bullshitting. Two, no judging. Three, no negativity. And four, have fun, which we do with this chat. Okay, let's get on with it. This is my interview with a brilliant Jack. So welcome to My Way of Thinking, and today I have a very special returning guest, is the one and only Mr. Jack Street. Welcome, Jack. Yeah, thanks for having me. It's great to be here again. I can't no believe problem. it's been so long since I came on. How long has it been? It's been like almost a year, probably. <laughs> I'll tell you what, this, this, with this lockdown, it's completely thrown timelines. Yeah. Hasn't it? You can't, you've lost, it's like one of these films, Space Continuum. <laughs> <laughs> I was, I was, I met a, a friend that I haven't seen in about two years. We went to university together and we were saying that, like, we keep in, in contact obviously a lot, but we were saying that it simultaneously feels like it's gone really, really, really quickly, but absolutely nothing has happened. Yeah. <laughs> it's so bizarre. It, it is, it is. And, and the first lockdown, uh, we shut down at work completely. And then the second lockdown, I went in because we were a testing centre. But no one was coming in. Like the part that was open was just the testing sense. So I was just opening and shutting the building. Yeah. So it was almost like a zombie apocalypse. <laughs> so, you know, I've been from nothing at home every day to zombie apocalypse to now full on everyone wants to book everything. Yeah. It's like emotional. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's crazy. It's crazy. And like going even going into London during the, the lockdown um, yeah. to do bits of, bits of work here and there, it's like completely dead. When yeah. you know you would you would there would be hundreds of people around at all times at any mm. you know any area any time of day and there's nobody there you know yeah. and then now it's you know everything's getting back going and everyone's really busy again so yeah. it's good to see it, of course. The other thing is as well with me is actually I quite enjoyed certain bits of lockdown. So mm. if I could take those bits that I enjoyed, you yeah. know what I mean. There yeah, are bits because sure. yes, it was stressful at times, but there were very not. You know, there were some nice bits as well because I was spending time with like, my daughter. She was off school. Nightmare. She's off school, but she learned to play chess with me, and oh, nice. watch film shants, classic film shanty. Yeah. Um, so you know, my son he wanted to start playing golf. So all these little bits that you think nice. if, if lockdown hadn't happened, he'd probably be out yeah. with his mates. She'd be at school. So there's those little tippets, aren't there, that, that are... Yeah, for sure. Yeah, well, you've got to find the, the positives and the silver linings in any situation, haven't you? And those things uh, have, been, have been great. You know, yeah. obviously there's been other, other, other areas that have been really difficult. Um, <laughs> yeah. And, it, it, you know, it depends on, on kind of what your situation is. And like, that's something that I felt really sort of blessed uh, mm. to have is, is the kind of security to be able to do this. And like, you mentioned golf. Something that I picked up during lockdown with a friend of mine Ooh, is, hey. is playing golf. And I'm completely addicted. 
Yeah. I, I never thought I'd play golf. I was like one of those people like, oh, golf's not a real sport. I know, you know yeah. It's just hitting hitting a ball with a stick. Yeah, you know, yeah. it's probably really easy. No, I'm I'm totally hooked. You get yeah. it gets you, doesn't it? Oh well, go on. No, it does, yeah, totally. And I was like up the driving range, you know, every other day during lockdown when it was open and you know, playing and it's like simultaneously the most frustrating thing in the world but the most satisfying thing in the world when you do it yeah. right um so yeah i'm i'm totally i'm a massive that, convert that's great i know that because when you when you want we can have a game because i actually had yeah. a guest on last year and i played with him uh oh, oh, the nice. other weekend james yeah uh, we went for a game we finally got around to organizing a game such such good fun but yeah. what i love about golf i've been playing for quite a few mm. years and stopped and start but you can only ever blame yourself yeah, yeah. <laughs> you can't blame no one else <laughs> although i try i try yeah. uh, find some yeah. excuses but no you're yeah. right i think you grow as a person as well i remember For when sure. i was younger and i was snapping clubs throwing bags in lakes things like that <laughs> now if i have a bad shot i'm quite chilled now i'm like mm, yeah. yeah you know you, you so it is a fantastic fantastic game so yeah definitely definitely what, yeah, have you got sure. an handicap yet? No, an no, no, no. I'm, I'm still like, if I hit the ball straight twice, three times in a row, I'm happy. Stick at it. Stick <laughs> yeah. at it. You'll, you'll love it. Yeah, love it. Right then, well, before we start, obviously, we'll talk about everything you've been up to, politics, demographic, uh, UK, and all that kind of thing. Uh, but first of all, we'll start with a couple of sto stories that I've noticed. Um, cool. And today was a couple of crackers. Uh, this one is quite an interesting one. Uh, this is about a woman who, uh, a woman named Alicia has gone viral on TikTok. Every story at the minute is just viral on TikTok after yeah. she shared her journey with her snapping dentures after losing all of her teeth due to uh, severe decay during pregnancy. Um, and we might spend several minutes a day brushing and flossing her teeth, but aside from that, most of us don't spend much time thinking about them. I know it's a bigger thing now with Invisalign and, and people do, you know, like to keep their teeth healthy. But this young poor lady, it was through no, you know, no problem of her yeah, own. Yeah, yeah. She, she, it happened through through pregnancy, which, was, which is terrible. Um, so she got snapping dentures and she shared the picture of her before and after. And it's pretty phenomenal, the difference. If you get a chance, I'll put a link yeah. on, on, on the video. Uh, and people are praising her for being so, on, uh, you know, so honest and how amazing she is and then you've got some dickhead saying she's <laughs> a catfish and it should be illegal uh so there's always one isn't there i know it did it did make me smile you know we've always got this side of us haven't we where yeah. there's always going to be one idiot that's like yeah. Ooh, look at the state of her um but i'll put the pictures up the transformation is amazing and i really felt yeah. for her um and it's amazing what you can do now. Like, you know, some of the, those those transformational stuff. And it's good that people are more open about talking about it. I never knew that was could be a side effect of, of pregnancy. Yeah, you know, yeah. Tooth decay or whatever. Yeah. Um, but it's amazing what they can do, though. These transformations are incredible. It is. It is and I think it's such a confidence thing as well. Mm. You know, I think we get a lot of stuff on social media where people are, you know, women, are, these women with the big yeah. boobs and trying to look for Kim Kardashian. Yeah. Uh, and that's sort of just cosmetic bullshit that they're trying to sell themselves where this is just a woman trying to gain more confidence mm. um, and getting a brilliant ventures sure. and so fair play to a blesser um, but yeah when you see the pictures it's, it's, it's pretty unbelievable uh, and then the other story that I was looking at 
which, which just made me laugh. I think I've done one with, with, with McDonald's before. Um, but uh, one woman quit her job uh, at McDonald's. These are, both, these are both McDonald's, I'll tell you. Right. Uh, so uh, many of us have enjoyed, a day, uh, have enjoyed a daydream where we hand in our notice in a dramatic fashion after a tough day. You know, fuck it. God, I'm doing one. Uh, in, re- in reality, announcing you're leaving a job can be nothing short of awkward. Uh, but one work- worker found a way to get the message across. Uh, the McDonald's employee in Kentucky left a blunt sign on the drive through and it said, we are closed because I'm quitting and hate this job. <laughs> and I love a bit, that. Yeah, and I just, I thought the power in words... Um, but I do, we've talked about McDonald's before. They've been so busy and I, I know they don't get paid a huge amount, bless them. Yeah. I do, they do have a hell of a job. Yeah. Um, so I did like that, the way she's just done that, which is great. And then the other thing, which was, because while we're on at McDonald's, uh, a pretty amusing tale of revenge in McDonald's drive-through has been doing the round online uh, for quite, year, quite a few years. I didn't know this, but it's recently resurfaced. Um, when craving for a big Mac, big Mac or McNuggets issue, there's nothing worse than getting stuck in a long queue for the driving. And most people generally think food's worth the wait. Uh, one woman recently took to social media to share an awkward experience where she claimed to have uh, a McDonald's drive through but there's more to the story that, means the, that meets the eye. The unnamed woman living in Australia said she'd been placing her order when a young lady behind her uh, honking her horn to hurry up. That would really annoy me. Yeah. Uh, finding the behaviour rude, the woman said she quickly hatched a plan to teach the other driver. Um, I was in a long McDonald's drive through morning uh, queue this morning. The woman honked behind me, so I thought to myself, take the high road. So I paid for my food at the first window, and then I paid for hers as well. Oh, lovely. That's heartwarming. Eh? Lifting the tone. Someone, now, how stupid did that girl feel when she rolled her? That's the best best way to get back on people, though, isn't it? You know, with kindness. It is. Kind of kindness. I like it. It is. It's all fluffy and there, but there is some (laughs) truth truth to be told. Yeah, for sure. Uh, And sometimes you'll see, like, arguing. Maybe you'll see an argument in public where they're both clashing. It's awful. You don't know where to look. And you think, just there's something to be said in that. Take the high road, you know, say, look, I understand you're not... But And and we've spoke about it before on this program about having opinions and respecting each other's opinions. Mm. You might not agree with each other, but respect... Yeah, it's crucial. So I think yeah. people get so crazy, don't they? You know, we I think lives uh, most people's lives are so full on, and we're so you know, mm. hundred miles an hour all the time. Particularly cars. Something about cars, you know, brings <laughs> out the worst in people, like road rage. Um, you say stuff to people in a car that you would never say to them. It's like a bit like oh, on, no. say, saying to stuff to people online. You know, it's like you say stuff to people in cars that you never say to their face. Um, but yeah, you know, the best way to combat that is with kindness, I reckon. I think yeah. it's, it's definitely true. And with respect. Yeah, definitely. And I, I've started taking up motorcycling again uh, over the last since lockdown started. Yeah. A bit of a midlife crisis. <laughs> and I just thought, I used to be a bit of a nutter on a bike, but now I'm older and wise. I, I just enjoy it. And you mm. see so many motorists angry. And it's like, you know, if you want to go ahead of me, go ahead. I've got nothing yeah. to prove. I'm not on a sports bike. I'm not going to fly off 110 miles. I'm just going to enjoy it. There's no dramas. If someone doesn't indicate, you know, I've had a few cars pull out on me, but I'm not, you know, I'll just slow down, press the brake, just say, you know, go ahead. Whereas I could yeah. be going absolutely mad, 
what's the point? There's no exactly. It ruins your day as well, doesn't it? You know, mm, you're not yeah. like that person's not going to change as an individual because you flipped them off. You know, but it just ruins your day. Yeah, 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 definitely. Well, look, thanks ever so much for coming on again, Jack. Let's shoot the shit. Yeah. <laughs> There's a lot to talk about. Hey, there is a lot. Let's start off with Demographica UK. Yeah. Tell us a bit about how that's been going, because I know you've been doing loads of stuff on that. It's amazing, you know, like since we, I think when we, we last spoke, we were just kind of making the transition to becoming a media outlet. And we had, there was probably like four or five of us who were making different kinds of content. And we had loads of ideas and thinking about how to kind of transfer that into actual content. Yeah. Now there's 25 of us. Um, putting out putting out content we've you know just on the road to getting our first piece of funding um we've kind of rebranded so you know whilst the website's still demographica uk we're going by dgn now so i'll show you like that's our new logo i don't know if you can see that very nice my, very my laptop nice. um we're going and doing stuff in person now so we set up a press team to cover the the Uyghur tribunal and we're going to talk a little bit about china and a bit about that um so we're, we're covering you know events in, in person now which is great among some of the biggest um, media outlets in the world which is pretty surreal at times um, but uh, you know asking questions and um, putting out content to compete with these outlets that's all driven by young people you know that's what we're all about is giving young people who wouldn't have had the opportunity to be going to these events or covering these stories um, if you know we we weren't we didn't exist the opportunity to do that and, and that's what we're all about and we create some amazing content uh, because of it, we've got four or five new shows in production, we're producing a documentary, um, you know, all sorts of stuff going on, very busy, but it's, it's been amazing, you know, and uh, without, like you were saying before, without the pandemic, um, we wouldn't have been able to have the opportunity to do this really. So yeah. it's kind of been a, a, a blessing in many ways and feel very lucky to have it to the point where, where we have it now. I know, I know when we spoke last time, because <clears throat> you wanted it to grow, and obviously that's mm. what you've been doing, you've just been saying that hopefully you're getting some funding, because I know we spoke about that last time, and it's always yeah. a bit of a pain in the ass to get funding and grants and things like that. So tell us a little bit about that. Did you find that process easy in the end, or was it a case of just keeping at it? it, it that's, it's, it's perseverance. Um, yeah. that's, that's all it is. And particularly at the moment, it's difficult, because on the one hand, you know, like from a consumer point of view people are tight with their money and understandably yeah. so it's very difficult at the moment um and then from a business perspective we have to kind of find different ways in which to raise funds and, and ways to drive content forward without putting any money in or putting the bare minimum in um and you there is a lot that you can do with no money if you're willing to put sort of like the graft in um particularly in this space there are so many tools now where you can create graphics for example if you we use canva if you're using Canva to create graphics, you can create really, really good looking graphics um, for free. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, same with, with different kinds of editing software. So you just have to be a bit savvy. Mm. And we've got an amazing team, like I said, of, of, you know, 25 people now who put in loads of really hard work to get, to get stuff out. Um, but in terms of, of funding, it's just looking at different ways that you can take funding on board. So we're launching a crowdfunder in a few days just to, to raise like 500 quid to buy some new equipment for some of our, our, contributors to help you know get them a better camera and a better mic um but also uh we've been lucky enough to find a, an individual who's willing to to oh, help fund yeah. us and you know we're super transparent about where that's coming from and um we're really lucky to to help sort of inject our work over the next year in order to kind of grow and, and, and get more funding and bring on oh, more people right. and, and, yeah. and raise the production level so yeah, it's, yeah it's, it's really lucky. That, that's great. I mean, from a filmmaker's perspective, I know all about funding and grants and what a yeah. 
complete bore lake. Yeah. But I always boil it down to two things. Uh, there's two different people, two different types of getting funding, so to speak. And one is you've got everything in place uh, for film. It's you'll have a lead actor that's a name. So mm. days it's a named actor. You've got 50% from an investor. You go for funding. Pretty straightforward. They like the project. You'll get the funding. Now, that is 1%. 99% of the other people can't get a named actor, can't get 50% up front. And how they get funding is through perseverance. It's just a case of just keeping, trying and trying yeah. and trying, and something will drop. I always remember I used to... Uh, um, I interviewed a young lad once, and he was, totally, he was no good for the job. He was too young, inexperienced. Uh, lovely lad, but just totally wrong for it. And he, he applied again a year later when it came up again. Still too young. He just weren't quite up to it. And then he applied again. Basically, eventually he got the job. <laughs> <laughs> so because I thought I would rather have someone who's got that passion and that drive and might not yeah. be have all the experience, all the qualifications, but you can have all the qualifications in the world if you don't turn up so to speak, physically or mentally. Whereas he, so he was like a sponge and he'd soak it up. And if he didn't take it in, he'd go home and try and learn. So, and I always put that sort of analogy for funding. If you keep yeah. trying, they'll see something in you and you will get there. For sure. It's, it's definitely true for funding, but I think it's true for, for most things in life. You know, like you say, jobs or, or starting a project and making something work or, you know, your relationships don't give up on stuff you know keep trying to make it work keep being open being communicative um being willing to learn and, and keep driving stuff forward like we always say brett and i my, my business partner brett we would be doing this stuff if we weren't looking for funding we would mm. be going on podcasts we'd be having conversations the reason we started uh the demographic dgm to begin with was because we wanted we we wished it existed when we were 16. Yeah, yeah. we'd still be trying to drive it forward as a sort of part-time project anyway so for us to, to try and make it be a full-time thing it's not that much more of an ask you know like we're completely committed to it completely passionate about it we're always going to be doing it yeah, yeah. Um, so why not try and make some money out of it and make it as big as, as we possibly can yeah. Yeah. provide opportunities to as many people as we can and yeah. going back to what you were saying about finding people who are passionate and care and, and could be a bit of a sponge and absorb stuff that's what you know we're always looking for in, in people who want to create content it's like you don't need to have gone to oxford you don't need to have a be studying politics or have a degree in politics to be able to talk about politics or social issues you just need to be interested have something to say be willing to listen be willing to learn be willing to communicate stuff um and be, be willing to get involved and that's what we're looking for more than anything and what i think that kind of and i really want to come onto this that like the mainstream media has missed out on is that there are so many people out there who are really passionate about topics, particularly young people, but aren't given the opportunity to talk mm. about them. So they become disenfranchised. I'm sure we spoke about this before. Mm. Um, but what we want to do is minimise the amount of people that feel like that, right? So if you've got something at 15, 16, that you've got a burning passion, you know, a burning desire to talk about, we want to provide a, a space for those people to, to discuss that, that stuff. Yeah. And we've had 13-year-old kids write articles about climate change that are more passionate, more eloquent, more informative mm. than stuff that's going out on the BBC or, or Sky News or whatever. Like, it really is amazing. Um, yeah. You know, I, I read some stuff written by 14-year-olds and I'm like, I could, I, there's no yeah. way. And, it, and, and, it's, and it's from a, a quite an honest place as well when you're that yeah. age as well. Yeah. When you get older, you get a bit more 
bitter, a bit have more <laughs> of an agenda. But when you're young, you just say yeah. how it is and how you feel, which I think is is refreshing. Where yeah, do sure. you see? So where do you see Demographica UK going in, say, ten years' time? What's what's the vision? So obviously we have our outlet, um, and we still want to be creating content um, and uh, producing programs for our, our outlet, whether that be sort of like web series for our YouTube channel or, or podcasts um, or articles. We want to be competing with some of the biggest media outlets in the country, and we want to be one of the biggest independent media outlets in the UK. You know, that's our goal. Um, you know, from our point of view, it's a pretty simple goal, not necessarily to achieve, but, you know, to, to be striving for. Mm. Um, and then sort of more broadly, I mean, as a production company, which is kind of the, the route that we're taking, we want to help to give those individuals who have ideas for content the opportunity to create content in a professional setting by taking all the extraneous kind of annoying stuff out of their hands. So they can focus on sitting down and recording the, uh, the podcast or, or the show. Yeah. And you'll know, you know, like the most difficult part isn't this part, like this is the fun <laughs> bit. The, the most difficult editing. part is, is exactly, <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's the bit that nobody wants to do. And that's what we want to, you know, we've got a bunch of really skilled editors um, that, that can that enjoy doing that stuff and, and can, yeah. uh, we can go to somebody who's got a really great idea or who, who's already created really good content, but maybe doesn't have the production value and say, look, we love what you do. We can take all of that stuff out of your hands and, and raise the production level and get a, a bigger audience to, to your, yeah. um, your your podcast, your platform, whatever you, whatever it is you're doing, and really drive it forward and help you, um, yeah. you know, sort of grow your your platform. And that's where yeah. I, I sort of view it going in the in the long run. That's um, and that what you're saying is great because you do have some people that are not technically minded. You know, they speak eloquently. They've got great ideas. But the, the technology, they're like, you see it sometimes, it's like, oh, I ain't got a clue how to do this and that. Yeah. Uh, and it, then it can put them off. So what you're saying there is great, that the fact that you'll try and embrace that um, and help take away mm. uh, those those problems. Because it is quite daunting, daunting sure. technology can be. Uh, but if you do it small steps at a time, but people don't, some people don't see that. that we, we, we use technology, so we're used to doing this, we're used to mm. editing it. But the reality is, as people out there have never had, you know, never used a computer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Mobile phones for some people. You see it <laughs> now, don't you? On the old yeah. Nokia, like, I like this phone. Um, <laughs> so yeah, it's all it's all a learning curve. But you're, you're easing the the terrifying yeah. <laughs> technology, um, which which is great. The other thing which is interesting, which is sound, which made me laugh. About editing, I said to my daughter the other day, I said, look, editing takes quite a long time. It's a great skill to have, I think, in life. Mm, when you've sure. got that basic editing, it's great for everything. Um, so I said, well, what you could do, I'll start teaching you editing on here. You can ed start editing the podcast and I'll pay you £5 for every time you edit. And she goes, mm, not really interested in that. I don't really want to do it. I was like, when I was your age, I did a paper round seven days a week rode my bike about 20 mile and got five pan i've asked you to do edit one podcast <laughs> and you're moaning kids <laughs> can't win <laughs> can't win no you can't you can't but something that's interesting is now is that they're teaching these skills more and more in school mm. and it's like i was speaking to somebody the other day and they were saying that they're teaching like programming in school now it's like Somehow I never would have, you know, even yeah. me, you know, I wasn't at school that long ago, but um, yeah. I never would have been taught programming. I never would have 
even thought that that was something that I could have could have learned. But these are skills that are being taught more and more, which is great. And like, I hate the editing side of stuff. Yeah. You know, I'm not good at it. I mean, yeah. you pick up, like you say, you pick up these skills and it's one of the amazing things about like kind of running a startup is that you get, <laughs> you learn stuff that you never yeah. thought you would learn. I've got so much useless information in my brain, like color codes for really specific yeah. uh, pieces Banners. of content. Like, yeah, yeah it's so stupid. Um, but you know, yeah. you, you pick up all these skills, but, but also, there are people out there that, that are willing to help, you know, and it's about having the confidence to, to reach out to people. And that's what we want to do is say, look, we can take care of all of that stuff and, um, and, you know, help, help, you know, <laughs> make it, yeah. make your life easier. Essentially that's, that's our job. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. And you know, when you say about media outlet um, mm. and where you want to be, you want to be up there with the big boys. How, how is that a case of just being on the big shows, asking questions, getting involved in, in debates or would you like to sort of have your own uh, media outlet where you could have your own show or something like that? What, or, or are you just happy well, to just have more of a voice? Well, that's, that's like for, from our point of view, and for our, our creator's point of view, I, see, I guess the best way of explaining it would be that there was kind of two sort of prongs. Like on the one hand, um, you've got the DGN, the media outlet, right? Where we, we have our own shows, we have our own debates, you know, we do debates on our Instagram, we have um, different series on our YouTube channel, uh, we have podcasts that, that go out and that's all under our umbrella, you know, it's it our outlet. So that's our content and we want to have that content compete with, with like you say, the big boys because we believe that we do it in a, in a sort of more productive, more entertaining way that leads conversations and creates discussions that are solution focused and solution driven. I think a lot of what the bigger media outlets have um, have added to whether it be on purpose or, or you know by accident because they are driven by making money primarily mm. is that they've created conversations take you know good morning britain where you're just pitting people against each other and it's not driven by sort of compassion or whatever it's driven by you know figures. kind of hatred for each other and figures and anger and you know shouts and matches and exactly <laughs> right it's, it's entertaining on the one hand but how much good does it do you know, mm, as, a, as yeah. a country, I don't think it does us any good. So that's kind of, on the one hand, what we're doing, you know, in our, in our own content to compete. And then on the other hand, producing content that, that has a similar ethos, but maybe in different areas and that isn't necessarily politics or social issues. Yeah. Um, so that would be the best way of, of, of looking at it, I think. So as an outlet, I don't know, you know, you're probably aware of like Vice. Um, there's a company in the US called Jubilee, uh, you know, like Vox, these kind of online-based platforms. They're the sorts of people that we want to be kind of, uh, yeah. competing with and, and kind of you know for the moment following in their footsteps but driving the industry forward in a more productive way yeah it's a good point because what i mean you use good morning britain which is which is a, 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 a classic example mm. how often do they actually interview and speak to young people it's not very often no. and when it is it's usually a silly subject sometimes um yeah. and it's it's giving people more of a voice young people more of a voice i mean that's one thing about question time which always makes me laugh is that they're asking the audience and you get that passion from all these people it's not set up i know they probably know the questions beforehand mm. uh, but i like that passion that you're getting real people asking really quite real questions sometimes politicians and and celebrities it's all you know it's all rehearsed you can see it a mile off it's quite frustrating sometimes you're like you know don't don't tell us for ratings tell us what yeah. you feel but well, you just don't get that yeah that's the thing like you say it's not it's not a real conversation this is all manufactured 
you know, folk, first of all, if you take, let's take BBC just as an example. Hey, the, BBC. <laughs> the, 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 the premise of the BBC is, is a wonderful thing. Like, I, I love the BBC. I think we need a, a state broadcaster. Um, I think the majority of the work, maybe less so the news stuff, but the majority of the work that the BBC does is amazing work and we need to protect it and cherish it. Oh, I yeah. think the, the news element of it, they've, they've kind of got completely wrong. Um, you know, they've got this obligation to be uh, impartial, right? And the way that they've perceived that is that if you have a, a conversation on climate change, you, you can have like a scientist that studied climate change for 35 years and knows all the ins and outs of all of the scientific research. And if you have that person on, you have to have some idiot come on who <laughs> knows absolutely nothing about climate change whatsoever. And they believe that it's all a hoax. It's all completely fake. And you give those people exactly the same platform on this, on this, on this want to be impartial. And, and it happens on the, on the you know, from the other side as well, if you have a something, you know, a conversation about economics and you have like an economist on, you have somebody on who who really is like, you know, they might have a blog on on the economy or or something. They don't. It's not the same level of expertise. And suggesting that those people have the same amount of knowledge is actually really dangerous for mm. kind of like our democracy and the conversations that we have. Um, and also, you're doing these things in like two or three minutes. You can't have a conversation, a real conversation, which is why this sort of thing is so important. Yeah in two or three minutes you're not going to you know get anything over to the viewer or any kind of real quality over to the viewer and what that drives you to do is to ask questions where you're trying to provoke some kind of reaction some kind of response to drive up ratings to create more content for your social media page to get eyeballs onto it so you can make money because the only way you make money not in the case of the bbc but for everybody else is yeah. through ads and that's what ad, you know advertisers yeah. want the more views you get the more ad revenue you get. And it's just a shit system. Mm. Um, and it doesn't work in, in terms of creating a, a positive and productive um, discourse and, and, and a, like a solution-based discourse. Like we're never going to find the solutions yeah. to all of our problems in that way. It just doesn't work. Yeah, it, it is frustrating, the BBC. Like I say, I think it's a great broadcaster and, and we need it in Britain. Uh, but the impartiality thing's getting a bit old now. Uh, it's yep. starting to drag its feet a little bit when certain news readers or something give an inkling of, of uh, a side or an opinion it's looked yeah. down upon and it's like, come on with they're real people. You want to see real people, you yeah. know, talk, I just said about Piers Morgan as annoying as he is, at least, you know, he's straight. He's not mincing his words. He's he's giving his opinion, yeah. um, and I think people value that more these For sure. days. And I For think sure. on the BBC, sometimes you're watching, you think, "Oh God's sake!" You know, yeah. you tell it, tell them what you're thinking. Don't. It, the world is not all you know, rosy and fluffy clouds. Um, and it's like we've said before: have an opinion, but respect the other person's opinion. There's no right. Yeah. Sometimes, there's, well, why do we have to think one thing is right and one thing's wrong this day and age? We don't. We talk about it. Yeah. Um, you have to be left or right. Come on, we, we're big. You know, we're grown ups now. There's a lot yeah. going on in the world. We don't need this bullshit but anyway that's well no i i agree i agree and the, the thing with the bbc is like the impartiality thing isn't the, the the reason that the bbc needs to be impartial isn't because they need to give like the same credence to each side it's it's about the the the, the purpose of the news the purpose of the conversation is about finding what's factual that's yeah. the impartiality aspect it's about not not putting kind of political views onto conversations yeah. that should be about finding the facts 
that's yeah. it you know and, and the, what they've they've kind of misinterpreted in my in my view is that that should be about providing both sides in a way that is completely equitable which is impossible first of all mm. like you can't do that and it's also a silly idea because that unfortunately in some conversations take climate change for example there are facts and there is fiction and you yeah. can't give those, that stuff the same um like put that stuff on the same level yeah you know because yeah. It, it, it's not helpful for the for the conversation at all yeah um, and yeah. the left and right thing's a really good example you know like like you say like it's, a lot of the issues that are facing us aren't aren't political they shouldn't be political um you know there are there are facts to get down to and there are you know ways in which framing the conversation we should all be able to sit there and go okay this is wrong how can we go about fixing it if not from a p p point of view of left or right or you know butting heads yeah. but of like moving forward as, as a society and, and i think and also i think after lockdown and everything that's been going on over the last you know we're human beings now if you're annoyed by something you're allowed to say mm, i'm not really yeah. happy about that you know let's let's i mean let's 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 talk lockdown straight away you know the government some of the things have done have been pretty crap some of the goods they've done some good bad it's a bit all over the place uh we were supposed to go to portugal and then they put on the amber list so from my perspective that's crap and you make it why why put a system in place yeah. when it's it's like when they did the tier system um <laughs> you know we're going to bring in this brilliant tier system uh and what uh, one place is allowed where you're allowed to roam free is the isle of man well, what's the <laughs> point of putting a tier fucking system in you try you like dangling carrots in front of us and trying to make yeah. things everything rosy instead tell us be straight with this foreign um travel you know, you're not going to be able to travel abroad this year. The reality yeah. is, unless it's for business or something essential, you cannot, instead of putting... And I do, I, I understand that they're trying to do that to help the economy for Portugal, but what good's that when they gear up for it and you take it away? Exactly. It's Mate, I've been, I've, been, I've been talking about this literally for the last six months. <laughs> and I, I came up with this incredible... I, I think this is genius, and I can't believe oh, God. people are talking about this. Yeah. I think what they should have done early on is, first of all, as soon as the you know, foreign variants yeah. started becoming more prevalent, is that they should have just shut the borders down straight away. And they should have said, we're going to contain... We're an island. Yeah. We're perfectly situated to deal with you yeah. know, viruses coming in. So they should have said, all travel, you know, it's foreign travel, it's not going to happen, mm. if it was, even for a month. Mm. lock us down completely um so you can like you know get the, the virus out of the system in the uk get the vaccine rollout which the nhs have done an incredible job of, of, of doing obviously one of the best vaccine rollouts in the world oh, God, yeah. um you know it's, it's really miraculous um and and you know flush flush the, the the virus out of the uk then don't allow any foreign travel but give a vat break on stay at home holidays right mm. so that people to, to get the economy moving again give 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 some sort of like tax allegiance for people that are, are, are paying for for holidays at home so that you encourage people to to holiday at home that's going to get more money into those places where that have been decimated it's going to get more people into pubs at home it's going to get more people in different parts of the country particularly parts of the country that um would have suffered really badly from the, the pandemic because people haven't been going there and they rely on people going on holiday you know yeah, yeah. it's like the fringes of the country that people rely on people are going to want to go to different areas so people want to go to wales or up to scotland or wherever 
you know, they're going to encourage people to explore new parts of the UK. You could have this amazing, really positive campaign about how like, incredible this country is, how beautiful this country is. Get people out, get the economy moving again. Yeah. We've got, you know, the Euros going on, the amount of people that would be going out and, and yeah. like, having, you know, drinks and stuff. It would have been amazing. And they've instead focused on this stupid traffic light system that doesn't <laughs> work, you know. So you've got oh, people no. paying for holidays abroad because obviously if people are going to be able to go abroad, they're going to go abroad. Like you can't blame people for that. You know, like people are going to want a holiday abroad. Yeah. And then telling them, no, actually you can't, or actually, yes, yeah, amber, which no one really knows what that means. Like you can go there, but we really recommend you don't go there. Like, it's, you know, it's just ridiculous. Absolutely yeah. ridiculous. And I've got this amazing plan, you know, <laughs> that, that the government <laughs> should be should be rolling out. Um, I'm being ignored. <laughs> you should have wrote to Boris. i tell you what, though, yeah. it, it, it is ridiculous because if you look where we've come from and where we are now, just be straight with sometimes I think they're yeah. trying to juggle all these things and trying to be good for everybody. Just if you just said, we've got freedom in the UK, enjoy that. Unfortunately, we can't go abroad. Yeah. But don't bullshit and say, oh, you might be able yeah. to go abroad, but it's not safe, but you can do. But you've got to pay £500 and, and spend eight hours filling out forms at the airport. And like, oh, well, but anyway. It's, it's, no, no, it's what you were saying about um, about like the, Piers, the whole Piers Morgan thing, right? It's like just people being upfront with their views. And I always use the example of, of Margaret Thatcher, right? I think <laughs> Margaret Thatcher's policies in this country absolutely decimated this country. <laughs> However... <laughs> I have major respect for her oh, as an individual absolutely. because she was completely open. Like there was no BS, like you say. Oh, yeah. you know, it wasn't like she was, you know, having mixed messages and saying one thing and her actions uh, were, were another. And that's what we have with politicians in this country now. Yeah. Uh, on, on all sides, it's about it's all about PR. It's all about marketing. It's all about how 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 is this going to affect my vote with the core voter? Yeah. So, no, just be upfront with people, be honest with people. If the yeah. government turned around and said, we, we actually really fucked up, you know, with, in the yeah. early stages, people would have gone, yeah, you did. But they would, people are more willing to forgive that if you yeah. rectify your mistakes yeah. than if you, if you sort of lie constantly and make the situation worse, which is what, in my view, the government has ended up doing yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. because of that. You, you know, it's a mess. You, you notice that a lot more now, um, especially in these more modern times where people appreciate that. And because politicians are politicians through and through, and they have been for many, many decades, I think hopefully one day that will break through a bit more where a politician turns around and says, look, you know, we did fuck up. Well, God forbid they swear. If a politician <laughs> right, yeah. before, can you imagine? Yeah. It'd be like, they're a real person. Wow. Yeah. Uh, they'll gain a lot more respect that way. Um, for sure. But I think because they've got protocols and things they can say and they can't say, uh, if they were that strong-willed, they would have never become a politician in the first place because they wouldn't have been able Possibly. to jump through the hoops and yeah. uh, people wouldn't have liked that. So you've got to be well, a bit of a yes man, I think, sometimes. For sure. And this is the thing, you know, something that, that is particularly prevalent, you know, we've been kind of more privy to this, the more, the more sort of media stuff that we've been able to do and kind of, you know, like mixing these circles a little bit more, which is always interesting, is that if you are a politician and you say something that goes against your party, your career will be ruined. It oh, is yeah. brutal. Game over. It is absolutely <laughs> yeah. brutal. You know, it really is. And it yeah. might be something as simple as, you know, you're, you're, you're standing up for, for somebody that's been downtrodden. And if that in any way goes against <laughs> yeah. the party's message, 
your your entire career as a politician <laughs> will be ruined. And it's yeah. really crazy. Yeah. You know, um, and, and like you say, no, no, you know, I think most people, I like to think that most people that go into politics are well-intentioned and they want to do the right thing and they want to do the best. There's a lot of exceptions to that rule. Um, a lot of them are on the front benches of, of the government at the moment, unfortunately, yeah. but um, it, it, break, it will break your will down. You know, I, oh, I yeah. can imagine that it, it definitely would. So, you know, like who would, who would go into politics really? You know, when you look at it like that, I mean, we need people to break that, that, that yeah. chain, right? We need people to break that, that system and be more open. Um, it's why people voted for Donald Trump. You know, yeah. why people vote for Donald Trump. Yeah, I mean, you know, yes, he was a nightmare, but he said exactly what, he, Biden, where's Biden gone? What's he doing? What's he up to? We can't, you know, we feel lost now, don't we? Because we haven't got Trump to laugh at. Um, I look back at videos of him being being president and, and I'm like, I can't actually believe he was president. It's so bizarre. What a character back. though. What a character. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, <laughs> that's the thing yeah and, and he was a case in, you know of a politician that, that was really upfront with, with what he said and, and you know he didn't hold fire but then he's actually when you look at his policies they were kind of business as usual sort of establishment nonsense but a lot of that stuff doesn't really matter because he's so he was so sort of brash and I think Johnson's a little bit like this he's yeah. so kind of brash with, with what he says and how he approaches stuff and nothing sticks to him then you know any kind of controversy you just roll with it yeah, you know, and remember, um, with Trump, he isn't a politician. He's a businessman. Mm. They voted in a businessman. He didn't know half the laws and half yeah. uh, yeah. the a terrible one. But, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know. So, but yeah, it's uh, things are definitely heading that direction. Rob, we were going to talk about because um, we've gone past the media thing, but I know Andrew uh, Mars has got his new show, his yeah. new channel now. What's your, what's your thoughts well, on this then? I haven't, I haven't watched it yet. I've, heard neither have I. I've seen a few clips, but I'm not, I'm not particularly interested. And uh, I've, you know, I, I, the, the only point that I want to make about GB News really is that they've sold themselves as this kind of anti-establishment media outlet, right? The voice of the people, GB News, right? We're yeah. going to be giving the voice of the British people. Every single one of their financial backers, every single one is based outside the UK. Uh, yeah. None of them are based in Britain, right? So that the whole GB News stuff is nonsense. It's yeah. complete nonsense. Andrew Neil is heading it up. Yeah. You, you don't get more establishment than Andrew Neil. No, this, this isn't, you know, anti-establishment. Yeah. Like, this is like, you know, you've got a billionaire in Donald Trump going, you know, I'm going to be standing up for the, for the working man. It's like, well, hang on a minute. You know, you've not, you've not <laughs> yeah. really done any hard work ever in your life, ever. You don't really understand the issues of, of working people. You're not going yeah. to be standing up for, for the working class. Um, it, it's more, it, I, my, my point is that this is just more of the same stuff. Right? This stat always, um, always, blows my mind five uh, billionaires own 80 percent of the media in this country yeah 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 how insane is that i mean you know we, we how can we look at our media and go this is sort of free and democratic and they're sharing the views of the of the people you know and, and pushing forward the agenda and the voice of, of the people when five individuals five billionaires own 80 percent control 80 yeah, percent of, of the yeah. media um, and, and GB News is just more of the same stuff. So I would just urge people to kind of try and see through the the marketing and, and I, see it for what it is. I, I can't ever see that changing, though. I mean, it's it's exactly the same in America. It's it, it's probably worse in America. Um, yeah. But I can't see how that would ever break. 
how that would ever change um, because money talks, power talks, um, and people like you is the only way we can sort of, you know, bring well, it in. This is the way. Yeah. Isn't it? I think that's, you know, uh, fundamentally what we're, we're trying to do is we're not, you know, I, I have, a, I have bias. I'm, I'm, you know, I have a, an opinion on pretty much everything. I'm not going to sit here and pretend that I don't. And so does every single person who um, is involved in our outlet. However, what we try and do is source as many people with diverse opinions, because that is, you know, with diversity, that's, that's, that's the epitome of, of diversity to me is finding people who have different life experiences, different viewpoints, different, experience, different points of view, bringing them together to push forward something that is, is fairer, gives people more opportunities, has actual conversations, is driven by people who are facing the very problems that we're talking about. Of putting them at the center of conversations mm. and trying to do things in a, in a sort of fairer way without the, the the agenda of the outlet is to have those conversations we mm. aren't pretending that we as individuals don't have an agenda because we do but the agenda of the outlet is is to is to have those conversations really try and, and nail down and figure out what's going on what problems people are facing and share those with with people yeah. um, in a way that's useful and that's that's what we're trying to combat against what what i would say is jack is this day and age and where we are at the minute you've got more chance of taking those people on now where we are because um social media things mm. going viral uh people support um people power to the people um is a lot i mean it's always been strong it's always been strong back many years ago but now the fact that you can have a very small company like your own yeah. Uh, and just say something that resonates with someone, they pass it to someone, it goes viral. All the money in the world can't pay, well, they can't, they can't pay for that kind of publicity, real views and real people liking your content. So there's always that, isn't there? There's always that chance that you can, for sure. you know, and spread the message. We're not, we're not going anywhere, right? <laughs> That's the other thing. We're going to be thought in the side to the establishment media for the, re for the rest of my life, you know, because it's that important to me Good. And, and to everybody that's involved, it's that important. And I genuinely believe that, uh, you know, I don't want to start getting all crazy, but the, the survival of, of kind of democracy in this country rides on people like our contributors working Absolutely. towards those ends. Like, it really does. Like, it, it's that important to me. You know, yeah. we, we see these things as being so uh, stable. You know, there's, there's always been here and it has, it's so fragile. Yeah. And at any moment, all of it can fall right and yeah, yeah. um we have to fight for it you know that like Definitely. freedom of speech um all of that stuff we have to we have to be continuously fighting for it and driving yeah. it forward and um i think it's really really important so good 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 okay right uh now i know you're passionate about another another thing that you've been talking about and a subject which is dear dear to your heart i know we touched on it uh, when we last spoke but obviously things are not improving over in china yeah. now for people that don't really understand what's going on just give us a bit of a of an overview jack of, of your sure. on it. yeah so there, there's sort of multiple kind of um human rights violations abuses going on that are being perpetrated by the, the CCP, the Chinese Communist Party. Um, so they're like two acronyms that you'll hear, and I try not to use the phrase China because obviously it's not the Chinese people. Uh, China's an incredible country and it's obviously not the Chinese people. Um, so there's the PRC, People's Republic of China, and the CCP, the, the Chinese Communist Party, and there's like the two entities in, in the, the Chinese system. Um, so the, the CCP, which is the one I'll use, um, is sort of perpetrating multiple human rights abuses, whether it be 
human rights violations clamping down on democracy in Hong Kong, you know, uh, forced organ harvesting of different minorities, Falun Gong Buddhists is the, the most common example or the most common sort of minority group that's been targeted with the, the forced organ harvesting. Um, and then the, the, the persecution of the Uyghur Muslims in the, uh, the, the region that's commonly known as Xinjiang, um, but it's it's the sort of homeland of the Uyghur people. It's called East Turkestan. Um, now, the, the Uyghur Muslims are a sort of Turkic Muslim people. They speak a language called Uyghur that's very similar to, to Turkish. Um, and they, they this area, this region of uh, northwest China has been um, sort of occupied by different groups over its history, predominantly by the USSR and, and by China. And they've kind of been persecuted in, in, in a number of ways, but the, the more sinister persecution, and I would use the, the phrase genocide, but we can, we can get into that a little bit more, um, is, is, has been happening over sort of the last 20, 30 years. Mm, yeah. what's, what's been going on, particularly in the last 10 years, is that these camps have been set up, re-education camps, they're commonly known as, that's what the CCP calls them, um, have been set up to, um, to, to detoxify and de uh, and and, and um, re-educate the Uyghur people in the region because the CCP views the Uyghurs as a, te as a terrorist uh, people. They view the sort of their strain of Islam as um, as extremists, as Islamic fundamentalism, and they want to re-educate those people in order to be subservient to the CCP, essentially. Yeah. And, and and then they say to reintegrate them into society. Now, what's actually going on, and, and more and more reports are, are coming out to this, these ends, is that um, there is extreme torture. Uh, there are forced sterilization of women, forced abortions, murdering of babies, um, organ harvesting, uh, imprisonment, um, abduction of children, systematic rape, sexual violence um, that's being perpetrated not only in these camps, but in the homes of weak people in the region by the CCP. Um, and what we're trying to do and, and what more people are being sort of awakened to is raise awareness about what's going on and uh, shed light on it and have some sort of action by the international community. Now, that's really difficult, obviously, because, you know, it's the CCP. It's the soon-to-be most powerful country in, in the world. <laughs> yeah. um, but um, more and more countries are kind of take, starting to take a stand. Um, and it's incredibly important. This is the largest genocide um, since World War II. You know, that's how you know, three million uh, Uyghurs have been interned in these in these camps. Um, this is systematic persecution um, that's going on, and it really couldn't be more important. And uh, one of the things that we covered recently, two weeks ago now, was the um, uh, the Uyghur tribunal, which had its first hearings a couple of weeks ago, and they're having more hearings in September. Um, and then the findings will happen in, in December. Um, and we, we got to, to listen to survivors of this genocide firsthand, um, talk about the kind of abuse that they'd um, suffered. And it is horrific. It was really difficult to listen to um, these stories. You know, I, I don't um, know if you... I've seen, I've seen little bits of it. I've, I've kept me eye on it a little bit. I mean, it, but I saw somewhere where they were giving witness testimonies, which were you could just tell they were completely falsified. And, and corrupt. I think people were saying, you know, these people are lying. You know, they're, they're not telling the truth. What? Why is? Why is it? It's such a difficult um, 
thing to get involved in. Do you think that's why a lot of countries are sort of staying, standing back a little bit because, and because it's such a superpower? But yeah, there's a couple of things. I mean, obviously, like you say, that the CCP have given these statements, put out these statements, multiple statements, yeah. just, you know, lying about what's going on. Yeah. They completely discredit anybody who still stands up to what's going on. These witnesses, like, I mean, the, the evidence of this persecution is overwhelming. You, you, it's fact-based it's fact evidence. You cannot argue against it. It's yeah. backed up by academic research. It's individuals that have been in these camps giving evidence. One of the pieces, and if I may tell this story, because I think it sort of hammers home, and I think it's important to put a face on yeah. the people who are being persecuted. And the one story that, that really stuck with me is um, one of the, the, the women that was giving testimony, she had triplets. Mm. And um, she was arrested. Um, I believe it was because her, her husband um, sort of went and visited fam family uh, in one of the neighbouring countries and then came back and, and her husband was arrested, she was arrested and her, her triplets who were still breastfeeding at the time were taken away from her. Mm. They were then, they, the, the triplets then had tubes inserted into their necks and the mother wasn't allowed to breastfeed and they were fed a liquid, nobody knows what the liquid was through, the, through these tubes. They were kept in such horrific conditions that one of the babies literally froze. Mm. You know, yeah. not not like it got hypothermia froze yeah. solid the yeah. two surviving children um can't eat properly they've, they've got scars one day they'll yeah, have to um yeah they'll have to you know sort of be told and as th this uh incredibly courageous brave woman was giving testimony about her children her two she was, it was sort of like five video link her two children came into the background as she was discussing her two surviving children came to the background it was really difficult to, to to listen to but incredibly important and the bravery of these people is astounding it really is um and and illustrates that we all should be kind of sharing this information and getting involved as and when we can because these people are brave enough to kind of speak yeah. up and, yeah. and their lives are at risk their families lives are at risk they've got family members that are still in camps who will be tortured you know it's really horrific um yeah and um, they, the, the CCP completely discredited this woman and said that she was a liar mm, you know yeah, it's, it's, yeah. it's disgusting it's disgusting that they have the, the goal to, to sit there and discredit this individual and, and what the most frustrating thing is for me is that we still have politicians in this country and around the world that aren't acting and I think that anyone as a human being if you listen to that story mm. how can you not want to act yeah. and to answer your question the, the reason for that is because so much of the international economy is linked to China, um, you know, because of outsourcing and because of the position that we've put the international, yeah. the, you know, the international economy in. So much of the supply chains that companies use, and like we're trying to pressure more and more companies. VW is one um, who have a factory in this region, um, and we're trying to get them to close that factory and leave the region and stop manufacturing in the region. And many companies have done to their credit. Um, are, are intrinsically linked you know the, the the british government whilst condemning the human rights abuses is open about their want for a trade deal with china at the moment oh well, no, um, yeah you know with everything that's going on and so are multiple other countries so it's, it's incredibly difficult um which is why you know it's it's so important to share these stories and hope that the sort of moral aspect overcomes the economic aspect and that's, yeah, that's that yeah. gets to the crux of what we're we're fighting against really i mean all you i mean it's such a difficult subject i think the only thing you can do jack is keep being passionate about it and keep spreading the word and yeah you know and that's all you can do at the minute and like you say money talks and 
they're such a superpower and they're only going to get bigger because well, exactly. everybody buys everything online which yeah. gets shipped from China. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, you know, I would, I would I'll like really, really encourage people, with, we're all linked to this site, you know, I, I am as well, um, to, to, be, to try and be as cautious as they possibly can be about what they purchase, particularly when it's manufactured in China. It's almost impossible to, to be completely ethical with your clothing. In fact, I would say that it's, oh, it is yeah. pretty much impossible. Um, but if you're going to boycott one country, boycott China, mm. boycott the manufacturing from China mm. as much as you possibly can. Because uh, so I think something like 85% of the cotton that comes from China is, is manufactured by slave labor from mm. this Xinjiang region. Yeah. And the only way that we as individuals can impact what's going on is by disrupting these supply chains. Yeah. Um, so really, you know, I would really implore people to be as, diff as you know, to be as difficult as they possibly can be. Yeah. Um, the other thing is as well, people always look at uh, Russia, you know, and think, oh, gotta be careful with Russia, but they, they don't, you know, China are far more of a superpower than Russia yeah, are. People uh, don't. The, Ru the Russian economy is in tatters as well. That's like something that people don't necessarily know. Like the, you know, the Russian economy really is in, in The in army looks They've good though. A lot of, yeah, for sure. Well, <laughs> the army looks good. They didn't play very, the football didn't play very well. <laughs> yeah. which surprised um, me because uh, I would have thought that I've had plenty of drugs inserted yeah, into them so they uh, before they have, played yeah. but they um, it's obviously um, not Putin's uh, priority at the minute no exactly yeah, um, so yeah that's all you can do right and it, like the, the, the other thing that I just wanted to, to stress was mm. that um, when we look at like holding them to account there are only two ways like yeah. from a court perspective a, a legal perspective yeah. and that's through the International Criminal Court and the International Court of Justice. International Court of Justice is there to um, sort out disputes between countries. Mm. And the International Criminal Court is there to prosecute, you know, individuals um, or, or, you know, to, to prosecute people. The International Criminal Court was set up in like 2002, I think. And the, the statute that was used to set that up, the Rome statute, China isn't a signatory of. So they don't recognize the jurisdiction of the, yeah. the ICC. And then the ICJ is a UN, it's one of the five arms of the UN. Yeah. The UN are shit, by the way, like in, in doing their job in like sorting out these disputes. They're terrible. Um, and obviously, the China is a part of the UN, but they don't acknowledge the jurisdiction of the icj and they won't take part in any kind of trial so the only way that we can get justice is either by courts in the uk making determinations which like essex court chambers are one that have, have made a determination of genocide um or governments having the bollocks to stand up to this country and say we're not going to be a party to this we're going to condemn you. We're going to sanction individuals. We're going to sanction you as a country. We're not going to trade with you. And we're going to encourage other countries to do the same. And the problem is, is that nobody wants to be the first person to stand up, which is why this tribunal that's going on, which is completely impartial, is all crowdfunded. Everybody that's taking part on the panel um, is doing it so on a volunteer basis. It acts like a jury. It just listens to this evidence. The, the, the People's Republic of China have been invited to speak and they've refused to all they've done they've sanctioned the tribunal itself so they won't recognize it and they've refused to take part at every turn they can rock up like xi jinping if he wants to can rock up at the tribunal and give evidence um you know which i'd love to see but they've refused to um and uh they you know they won't allow people into the region really to look at these factories and see what's going on um so the only way we can do it is by getting a hearing from this tribal uh, this tribunal and having people act on that hearing. It's not legally binding, so they don't have to, but all we can do yeah. is encourage people to do so. Like you can write to your 
MPs, you can get involved, just learn about the story, share the, the su survivor testimony um, as much as you possibly can and, and stay up to date and like support these people as when you can because the Uyghur community, particularly in the UK, are amazing. Um, yeah. And there's so many brave people. Are you, you know? um, um, on your own on your own podcast, are you managing to get anybody, are you getting plenty of voices on there about this, Jack? Yeah, there's so many amazing um, organisations that are involved in, in this. You know, like I recommend if you if you want to learn more about it, like we've got uh, loads of articles on our website, demographicuk.com. You can go check out our articles. And okay. um, we do a lot of stuff on our Instagram particularly as well, sort of sharing information about it. But some yeah. other organisations that you can follow, particularly like two incredible youth-led organisations, Yet Again UK, um, who do work against like modern atrocity and genocide and modern okay. slavery, yeah. um, and Burst the Bubble. They're two incredible youth-led organisations um, that we work really closely with um, and they, they do amazing work. Uh, yet again, a more sort of like the kind of legal aspect um, and they do lots of advocacy work on, on getting like a genocide determination and, oh, and sharing information about that. And Burst of the Bubble do loads of, of really good sort of campaigning um, on this issue and, and other issues. So, you know, Get involved with them. Stop Uyghur Genocide are another one. They're like the main Uyghur, so, uh, um, best campaign. thing to do is send me these links, and then what sure. I'll do, I'll, I'll, I'll put them in the show notes, and then people. Yeah, absolutely, can, absolutely. Can but there's them. loads of really great organisations you can get involved with, and, and like loads of campaigns that are going on, loads of stuff you can share. So Good. there well, is stuff happening, but uh, stick, it's a long stick, fight. Yeah. Stick, at, stick at it, which I'm sure you will, because uh, your passion is uh, <laughs> through the roof. Yeah. And we need people like you to to be that passionate well, appreciate that. voice and, and and spread the word because it is it's just horrendous and and i'd like to think in this day and age we can um you know we can sort things out like this i would i would like to let's hope so we just we just yeah. we don't know all we can do is put do our bit and, and if we're passionate enough about it try and make a, a bit of a difference which is what you're doing yeah. which is great um now i always ask i asked you for my for our voice last time so i'm not going to ask you for that again but i'm going to ask you for a favorite have you re a recent favorite have you been watching any what you've been watching on telly any films or anything like that uh what have i been watching recently? i've been watching the, the u.s version of the office again for like the third oh, time which great, is amazing the thing is when when like i just like so like hundred miles an hour with all the stuff that, that we're doing right so what when, when i'm watching something what i really want is something that i can like unwind to yeah um and that's that's great you know it's like really easy watching i love it it's like real comfort like happy place uh stuff yeah. so that's what i've been watching recently um yeah. i've been reading two really good books um one called rebel ideas by matthew syed um which is great I really recommend. And then another book on uh, leadership by a, a former Navy SEAL called Jocko Willink. Um, oh, right. Yeah, I know him. Uh, uh, it's, it's, it, yeah, Extreme Ownership, it's called, which is awesome. You know, like, and that's full on. Like, he's a really full on guy. You think, like, you yeah, know, we can be intense. Like, he's, he's, he's yeah, another he's, level. Um, he's, uh, He's got quite a few bits and bobs on YouTube. He's yeah, he does. Yeah, he's got amazing, amazing podcasts. Amazing, um, amazing he's God. like up at up at four o'clock every morning doing pull ups and recording these videos yeah, in black and white. Similar to me. Yeah, 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 me too. Yeah, yeah, hundred pull ups before I even get out of bed. <laughs> but apart from that, I'm just like watching lots of football. You know, trying yeah. to enjoy this, the get, get to the pub when I can. Um, yeah. The Euros, of course, I'll be watching like pretty much every game. So that's been nice. So yeah, it's I'm, nice I'm refreshing. A, yeah, you know, a bit of a bit of reality, uh, yeah. a bit of normality. Should we? Say. Are you are you a big football fan? Oh yeah, I love I love, yeah. I love football. Sport? 
I support Liverpool and I follow Coventry. From a scene. I, I say support, I follow them. Uh, sure. But I follow Coventry, obviously, is just at the road. So I go and watch them now and again. Liverpool, yeah. the difficulty with a lot of Premier teams now is just paying the cost of travelling and, and yeah. paying for a game is, is so expensive. Um, but yeah, I do, I do. But the England team, very, um, you know, when the England, yeah, of course, of course. The only time I ever cries when England lose. <laughs> yeah. Is it, is it, is it, is it coming home then? What, what do we reckon? I don't know. The thing with England is you never know until they play one of the best teams. When they yeah. play the best teams like Germany or Italy or something like that, they pull it out of the bag, and we always end up, you know, going to penalties. Why do we always go to penalties? <laughs> Which means we're we're playing well. We're we, you know we're level terms. We just mm. need to get that. That little bit of luck, if you look at all the times we've just missed out, it's yeah. hit the crossbar or the post or there's been a foul or yeah. David Beckham's got sent off. <laughs> if we can get that little bit of luck, we've, we've got a chance. But, I mean, watching um, France last night, oh, Jesus, man. So... It's just the, the quality that they've got is just unreal. You know, like that, 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 that first Mbappe goal that got ruled out, you just yeah. think at any moment he can turn it on and like, score yeah. a worldie, and that's the dangerous It's like dangerous a pinball thing, but... machine, the way they just pass yeah. the ball about. Yeah. Whereas England will do that for a few minutes and then they'll lose it. <laughs> France are just boom, boom, boom for the next ten minutes. It's it's yeah. pretty phenomenal. But well, I think if there's if we've got any chance of, of winning anything, you know, um, I know we said this with like the, the golden generation, but I think that this team and like the, some of the quality that we've got coming up is just so unreal that we get the right uh, team out there. We yeah. get a bit of form, I believe. But you you see, you're young, Jack. I had this conversation <laughs> I when I was yeah. 20. And, yeah, this is the team. And 19, I watched the World Cup, the 1990 World Cup, the 96 World Cup when we should have won it. Yeah. And it's, it's the same every bloody year. <laughs> well, you know, um, I'm a West Ham fan. And I, I got a season ticket next year with oh, my well, mum. Which, you know, like, uh, it's the first time I've had season tickets and you say about the price, you know, it's a bit like... Oh, my God, dread to think down there what it is. It's not too bad compared to some of the other teams. It's not like Arsenal level, which is like oh, yeah. £1,200 yeah. for season ticket, which is insane. But uh, I've got so much misery being a West Ham fan <laughs> um, in my life that I have to try and get some hope from somewhere. Yeah, um, Obviously, yeah. it wasn't so bad last season, but, uh, yeah. So, I, I, you know, I'm fully bought into the... The, and the who hype. wants to be these boring teams like Man City anyway? Boring, yeah, exactly. like, you know, we're on about a hurricane, everybody's holding off. When the tournament's finished, how much is he going to go? You know, if he scores some yeah. more goals, he can put his price up. He's, le he's left Tottenham and it's like, I can understand, in one sense, I can understand these players leaving because they want to have more money. I think agents are involved a lot. Sure. But then I have the utmost respect for players um, from my generation, like Gerard. I mean, Man, don't really like Man United, but look at some of that, like Skulls and Gibbs. Cool, stay at that club uh, and are completely, you know, devoted to that club. And I think we lose that a little bit this day and age. Sure. It's a bit, of, a bit of a shame, but... Well, yeah, there definitely is. You know, we've got like Mark Noble, who I think is probably like one of the last of that breed of players who came through the youth system. Like, you know, I really hope that Declan Rice follows in his, his first mm. I'm, You know, I think he'll probably leave at some point, but... Yeah. Um, I'd love it if, if he did. And that kind of player that comes up through the youth system, grew up down the road, went and watched us every week yeah. when he was a kid or was like peeking through the fence or whatever. Like We've kind of lost that now, haven't we? Um, because of the yep. money and the agent's fees and all of that stuff. I yeah. don't think it's sustainable, really. And to be fair, as I get older, I think about a career of a footballer and it's not that long, is it, really? You've got to mm. have plenty of things in place. Yeah, 
these kids, I know a few of them from the Cov City, they're earning a lot of money. Uh, they just sit on their Xbox all day. Then they go and play football. Then they go and spend it in nightclubs or doing whatever. They waste that money. Mm. And then when they retire, it's like, where's all that money gone? Yeah. You, you need to have that head on you, don't you? That wise head on you at a young age to yeah, invest sure. that money and, and think about the future, which some of them do. I mean, Gary Lineker always talks about it. You know, he knew exactly what he wanted to do and planned it out, but it is rare though, isn't it? Like, yeah. We don't have that education. It's a brutal system as well. I remember watching a documentary once and this lad, he was come through the Chelsea system um, and he, you know, he knew he was going to make it, got 16. I said, no, you're not good enough. And they just, yeah. it's brutal. all brutal. through school has thought, you know, I'm going to make it. And then to get dumped and he has to go and work in a factory or something. It's yeah, it's mm, an, in, yeah. an interesting yeah. one. That's for sure. For sure. For sure. Anyway, so if people want to go to the website or contact you, Jack, where's the best place to go? Uh, DemographicUK.com and then uh, at DGNOfficial underscore on every single social media platform. So nice and easy to find. Um, but all our information is on our website. Uh, As always. Yeah, get involved. Excellent. Well, look, it's been an absolute joy having you on yet again, Jack. Get, we'll get back together again in 12 months. Yeah, definitely. See where you are then. We'll have 50, yeah. we'll 50 people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Get practicing. I want to come in out. We'll, we'll meet halfway and we'll have a game. Yeah, sounds good. Sounds good. But, uh, uh, thanks for having me as well. I really appreciate it. And, like, no no problem. Always, always enjoy uh, chatting, mate. Yeah, it's been a cracker. Brilliant. All right, then. Look after yourself, Jack, and I'll speak to you soon. You too. All the Take best. Care. Bye. Bye. That's it. Thanks again to Jack for joining me today and also for you for listening. Make sure you follow the podcast coming up over the next few months because there are some more extraordinary interviews. The podcast streaming on all usual platforms, including iTunes and Spotify. And also, if you want to see the video and this beautiful beard, uh, then we're on YouTube. Just search My Way of Thinking Podcast and we pop up everywhere. Oh, that sounds naughty. Now, please leave a review if you do go and subscribe where possible. To keep updated on social media, Facebook is my way of thinking podcast. Instagram is my what podcast. And finally, if you want to get in touch or you think you'll be a great guest, email me my what podcast at AOL.com. Until next time, God bless. Take care. Bye, bye.